everybody, welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the Video Store Junkies, and we are back once again to bring you a few selections to watch over the weekend on streaming. And we're gonna get right into this, and I will throw this to Zachary. Uh, thank you so much, Renee. Uh, I have a theme this week. And as usual, my theme started because I wanted to recommend a couple of classic TV shows slash movies. Uh, I wanted to to recommend some works of uh, Kenneth Johnson's. Some of you may know Kenneth Johnson, uh, maybe maybe not personally, but you probably know of him. Uh, he was a TV writer in the 70s and 80s, and uh, he created two of my favorite alien invasion properties. He created V, and he created mm -hmm. Alien Nation, which I both love. I was very excited okay. to recommend both of them. Uh, however, they're not streaming anywhere, because streaming uh. sucks. Ah! So instead, I am going to, uh, my theme this week is going to be the spirit of Kenneth Johnson because anytime, hmm. uh, pretty much anytime after uh, 1983 when V premiered, anytime you saw a giant uh, spaceship hovering over a city and a TV or a show or a movie, it was uh, kind of a, uh, uh, an ode to Kenneth Johnson. So uh, the, first, uh, the, fir the first recommendation I have, this is actually a movie that I didn't love, but it's one of those movies that it had some interesting aspects. It had some really, really interesting production design, and it had a great cast. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna give this my my wholehearted recommendation. I'm gonna give it a, a half-hearted recommendation. Uh, that's all you get from me uh, for this one. Uh, the movie is Captive State, and it is set in a future where aliens have invaded the world, and they've uh, they've taken it over. They have not. Uh, it's not full on. Uh, like Independence Day style, they haven't blown everything up, but they've basically taken everything over, and uh, they've they've killed anyone who uh, tries to rebel against them. Uh, and it's about a a group of people who are fighting against the aliens, much like in uh, V. So that's the the spirit of Kenneth Johnson. This one, like I said, it's a great cast. It stars John Goodman, and uh, also has Jonathan Majors in it. We're not going to worry about that too much. Uh, but it also has <laughs> <laughs> features small roles by. Uh, Alan Ruck, uh, Kevin J. O'Connor, and D.B. Sweeney. So uh, it's got a great supporting cast. Uh, like I said, yeah, it's it's not a, a great film, but it's got some really cool production design if you're into cool uh, sci-fi production design. Some of the, the, the uh, aliens and their ships and stuff are, are kind of neat. So, again, uh, like, this is the sort of thing I say if you're into science fiction, if you're into this sort of thing, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And I will say, if, if you're going to watch this, don't watch the trailer. Don't actually mm. – I'm actually looking at uh, I, uh, IMDb right now. Don't look at IMDb. Literally the – so the trailer, the, <laughs> literally the first photo on IMDb, um, there are all of these promotional images that uh, feature a major spoiler. Like, I knew, I figured oh, out no. the ending of the movie because I remembered the shot from the trailer. Oh, and I was dear. like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen now. <laughs> so uh, if, if this sounds interesting, if this sounds like an interesting movie, don't don't bother watching the trailer. Just go watch the first couple minutes and uh, see if it seems interesting. Anyways, uh, Captain State is playing on Fubo, Showtime, and DirecTV. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about that. So uh, speaking of major spoilers... I am going to uh, pass it over to the king of spoilers, Paul Paul Cardulo. I don't know why they call you <laughs> that, but people, I keep what? hearing that about you, the king of spoilers. I think it's because of your car, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> vroom, vroom. 
<laughs> well, no spoilers in these. I'll tell you that much. Um, my my uh, my um, my brain is fried. There you go. There yeah. we go. Okay. Um, my my recommendations tonight are going to be uh, the films of writer director director Emma Seligman, <laughs> and uh, the first film I'm going to recommend is Shiva Baby, hmm. playing on Max, Hoopla, Canopy, Directv, and Cinemax. Wait, wait. There's another thing. There's another service that has Max in the name. Cinemax even. Uh, Shiva Baby stars Rachel Sennett. And she plays a young college uh, student who goes to a Jewish funeral service with her parents. And she just happens to run into her, not only her sugar daddy, but also her ex-girlfriend. And it gets, you know, runs into, it gets more and more awkward and uncomfortable as it goes on. It's only 77 minutes of uncomfort, but it's really funny with some bit of drama to it, too. Really great stuff. Um but it is uh, worth checking out. And uh, so I'm going to keep it spoiler free. So um, we'll say uh, Shiva Baby. Again, it's on Max, Hoopla, Canopy with a K, DirecTV, and Cinemax. And speaking about uh, sugar daddies, I'll pass this to Bill. <laughs> Why, thank you. I think Paul got the name King of Spoilers when he was like waiting in line to see Titanic and said, like, can't wait till I see all the special effects when the ship sinks. Ruining it for everyone else who was there. <laughs> like, wow. So uh, my theme for this week is Canada. Canadian horror movies. Oh, Canada. I can spot a Canadian movie like within just a few minutes. Okay, one of these is very good. One of these is very bad. But they're both very Canadian. And I can't tell you why. I'm not being snarky. There, there's something when I start watching this one, I know immediately this is very Canadian. I, I don't know if it's the lack of genetic diversity in, every, in the cast, if it's just the, a kind of a cold clinical look. Everything looks like a Cronenberg movie. And you realize, you know, well, Cronenberg's Canadian. Of course his movies look like this. Well, mine is from 1988. It's, it's one of those horror movies that people often recommend as a horror movie nobody sees. Pin, A Plastic Nightmare. And it star, has a great cast. It stars... Uh, David Hewlett, who did a number of cool things, Cynthia Preston, Terry O'Quinn, the stepfather, who then, you know, really reached his fame as, you know, the bald guy in Lost. Good actor. And it's about uh, it's about these two kids who are just doomed. Mom is an OCD freak. Dad's a doctor, but he's a creepy doctor. And to uh, he he has trouble, you know, just relating to his kids. So what he does is a ventriloquist act. Yeah, it's got ventriloquism in it. <laughs> um, but but and, and you know, normally uh, the most horrible thing is the dummy, right? The the horrible little wooden people that everyone talks to and and argue with. And I never understood it. But this one's worse because he's just got this this um, anatomical mannequin in his in his office. It's one of those like the Visible Man, life size anatomically correct it's got like just no skin just plastic on top you can see all his organs and, and everything on the inside and uh terry o'quinn does pretty good job of ventriloquism he's got you know uh, edgar bergen beat for sure you barely see his lips move at all i don't know how they did it and what mm -hmm. even more amazingly his voice sounds exactly like um uh, what, oh, wait a minute what, what's his, uh, jonathan banks Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Mike, one of the greatest oh. characters in the yeah, yeah. history. Yes. So this is when he was 
much younger than his current age, Dirt, and and <laughs> but still a great voice, a really solid, good voice, and it's creepy having it come out here. So the kids grow up and they learn like the birds and the bees from Pin. The girl names him Pin. The girl, I think, pretty much from the get-go understands that this is all a show. The boy, unfortunately, does not, and Pin becomes his best friend. And after the parents are killed in a kind of ludicrous car accident, um, Pin, he, he learns to speak in Pin's voice. And and there you go. So it's about a, a young woman who had a rough upbringing, but is, is doing the best she can and ha- is sort of overcoming it. And her brother, who has not overcome it, and things go pretty south. It's really good. It really is good. It's it's a little bit creepy. It's a lot of bit creepy. It, mm-hmm. Unsettling. There's not a lot of gore. There's not a lot of sex. There's not a lot of... There's just this unsettling quality. You're not sure exactly where it's going. And yeah, it's good. Now, this was going to be one of uh, New World Pictures' last films to be released, but they decided to just c- cut their losses and so it went direct to video, which is a shame. I don't think it would ever would have been a monster hit, but I, I think it you know it deserves more credit than it gets. It's not playing anywhere, but the whole thing is right there on YouTube. Nobody gives a rat's ass about this movie, and <laughs> and I wasn't really all that much. I must have passed it a thousand times looking at it, like eh, you know. But a lot of Canadian genre movies are not great, but there's a few like this and Cube that get pretty much shoved in there with all the others, but they are definitely a cut above. So I do recommend this one. It's, it's a, it's a, I don't want to say fun little film, but it's, it's good. It's good. Solid, solid entertainment there. And speaking of someone who's solid entertainment, I will throw this to Renee. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I, I sort of feel like maybe I know why that movie didn't do so well. The trailer for it is quite terrible. Mm, yeah it, yeah so that's two yeah. movies yeah. in a row that, that have had bad trailers either yeah. either don't make you want to watch the movie or give you everything you need and there's no reason to watch the movie you've, you've seen it all anyway so my movie incidentally stars a canadian-born actor and this movie is about a guy he's gosh he's got a lot going on and it's really you know it's not his fault that he was born uh, into a family and that one day he was destined to kill a man and that man is a priest and he go he's like trying to hunt him down his whole life and this kid is, is raised by this family i'm really describing this quite badly um <laughs> this and this young guy so his whole his whole adopted family gets murdered and but he has this gift this amazing gift of being able to talk to the animals and through his animal companions and his hot girlfriend, Tanya, Tanya Roberts, <laughs> he is able to get his revenge uh, upon this man and prevail and justice is served. <laughs> and this movie is called The Beastmaster. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I love this movie when I was a kid. It was super traumatizing, though, because, um, the you know, there's like this scene where they're fixing to sacrifice this kid. It's in the trailers and it's not a big deal, but it was super traumatizing for me to watch this as a child thinking, well, great. One day I'm going to get sacrificed off the side of a pyramid, but it was, it was great. I, I wanted to be the beast master. I wanted to be able to communicate with the animals and just live a happy life with the animals and like screw all those other people. 
So yeah, this is great. It's a lot of fun. It's very silly, but it's just very fun. And it's uh, the Beastmaster, and it's on Amazon Prime and the History Vault, and Indie Fix and Cult Fix. And on that note, I'll pass this over to Zachary. Thank you, Renee. Uh, yeah, you know, love the Beastmaster. Hey, you know who is in uh, the Beast Beastmaster? Uh, who? Well, I would hope I would hope you know Rick because Torn? you 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 just watched it. I'm assuming I didn't know. Uh, I didn't no. know who you were setting me Mark, up for. Oh, Mark! No, 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 I'm setting you up for the Beastmaster himself, Mr. Mark. Oh, Singer. Mark Singer, the yeah, Canadian, who, yeah. the Canadian actor, Mark Singer. Yeah, who who, who is, is also who is incidentally. What's that, Paul? What? When he in V? Or is that where you're going? Uh, to yeah, yeah, your, that's what, that's your, thanks sorry. for ruining my setup. Jumped your claim. Oh, <laughs> wow. Nice, nice, <laughs> man. Edit, edit that out, Renee. I get the, the insolence. You want to start that? Oh, no, oh, no, I'm um, editing this one. I'll edit it out. <laughs> the insolence. <laughs> is a Canadian-born actor, Mark Singer. Uh, yes, star of what else? V. Wow, what a coincidence. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually funny. Uh, I was. Uh, at Dragon Con a few years ago, and Mark Singer was there, oh, and wow. he, yeah, he he did a um, he had a, a panel. It was, I mean, I don't know if you call it a panel. It was just him, but um, he was just talking about his career and taking questions and stuff. Uh, seems like a really cool guy, but he had a uh, a story about the the making of the Beastmaster, and you know what is it? Is it a is it a tiger that's his companion? Oh, you're gonna yeah. tell the tiger story. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I was just gonna. I just thought it was funny because yeah, he's he's like they. I guess they were like getting the tiger used to him. So like the trainers, like they like basically he went out on a walk, and then you know the trainers were there with the tiger. The tiger was like on a you know leash or whatever, but uh. then like at one point the, the tiger the, like he just stopped and the tiger like latched onto his leg. Didn't not like biting it, but like hmm. you know. Two two milliseconds away from you know taking his leg off, the trainers mm. were just like, "Don't move." So he said he just stood there for like several minutes or what felt like several hours with this mm -hmm. this tiger trying to decide whether to deny his leg off. Uh, spoiler: It didn't. But uh, anyways, yeah, I thought that was that was <laughs> the dedication, uh, and yeah. that was back in the day. Back in the day when if you wanted to have a tiger in the movie, you had to actually have a tiger in the movie, and you couldn't just CGI it in. Anyways, I, I just wanted to mention that. Um, <laughs> He got off easy. Sure, sure, there was a ill-trained tiger uh, on the set, but you know who was you know who was supposed to originally play the bad guy? Mm. I mean, they got Rip Torn, and that's scary enough. But Rip Torn, yeah. Rip Torn is Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm over their original choice. Yep, Claus Kinski. What? Ah! Holy shit! That would have oh, been. Can you imagine? Yeah, interesting. Huh? Yep. I did not. I did oh. not realize that. Um, okay, sorry, I, uh, <laughs> I I diverted us there. So let's let's get back to the spirit of Kenneth Johnson. So hey, speaking of V, uh, the thing I love and <laughs> the reason I really uh, love talking about the the V uh, slash alienation stuff is like it's kind of a really interesting uh, uh, idea when you get when you think about it. Like V is basically a question of what if aliens came to Earth and uh, they had ulterior mo ulter ulterior motives and they wanted to. Uh, take us over and repress us. Which, by the way, Bill, I, I was I was rewatching the the, the other week, and I <laughs> remembered a conversation we had because oh. I totally forgot about this. Uh, in V, you know why they're coming to Earth? 
uh, uh, to steal our water. <laughs> to steal our water. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, we had this conversation just a couple weeks ago. I can't remember if it was on mic or not. But yeah. anyways, I thought that was funny. Um, but okay, so so V, uh, they're, they're coming to Earth to oppress us and steal our water for some reason. And in Alien Nation... It is a uh, a ship that makes its way to Earth, and then we find out that actually, like all the all the uh, the people on it were actually is a slave ship, and so they're not trying to take us over, but uh, we kind of bring them down, and, and they try to assimilate into uh, uh, society. And so I, I can't help but draw a distinction, and I really uh, or, or a, a direct line between. Uh, I think I, I I can't help but imagine that that was a strong influence for. One of my favorite films of the 2000s. This is a film that I, I genuinely love. I've watched it, oh man, a, you know, a dozen times. It, it never gets old. Uh, this is another movie about a, a giant alien ship that uh, arrives uh, on, on Earth over a, a major metropolitan area. And it turns out that the, uh, the inhabitants are actually uh, slaves. Although in this film, uh, I love the, uh, the change of scenery. They're not in L.A. or New York as they usually are. They're over at Johannesburg. I'm, of course, talking about... District Nine, uh, which is a the premiere film from director Neil Blomkamp, who unfortunately has not made a movie this good <laughs> since. Uh, but it stars uh, Charlton Copley, who was a complete unknown at the time. He's gone on to be in a bunch of movies, including uh, the A Team. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is this is a, the this is the question of what happens when aliens come down and they're uh, basically treated like uh, actual you know illegal aliens and. Uh, what happens when one of the people who's kind of responsible for oppressing the, uh, this new race uh, actually, let's just say that he, he gets he gets uh, infected with something and he starts uh, becoming that which he has uh, been oppressing. So I won't say anything else if you haven't seen it, if you're one of the few people who haven't caught this one. Uh, I just I just love this movie. I adore it. It's so good. Uh, Charlotte Copley is one of those actors that I don't know. I, I just I just think he's just a natural and I love watching him in anything. Um, so yeah, District 9. Uh, I mean, he's no James Caan in Alienation, but I, I can't recommend that. So uh, District 9 is on Hulu and AMC. And I highly recommend, unlike my first recommendation, this is a, a wholehearted recommendation. This is truly one of my favorite films of the 2000s. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And uh, speaking of uh, people that don't compare to James Caan in Alienation, I will pass it over to Paul. <laughs> Why? Thank you, Zach. I, I I will I will second I will second District Nine. So there you go. Mm. So, uh, let's see. So my second film, which again is uh, written and directed by Emma Seligman, though this one she actually co-wrote with with, with Rachel Sennett, and it stars Rachel Sennett and Ayo Debris. It is Bottoms, currently playing on Prime, Fubo, and MGM Plus. And in this, you have uh two young women in high school it's 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 a throwback kind of like to a 90s high school sex comedy but in this you have two young women who start basically a, a fight club for girls in their high school so that they can meet the cute girls that they really like um it is insanely funny it is raunchy it is funny uh it just it it it's weird it has some really strange humor in it that just hits perfectly um and i just want to i, I kind of came up with this, this theme because I want to recommend this one because this this is a non-recommendation for a film that's in the theaters is <laughs> this weekend we went and saw Drive Away Dolls by uh, Ethan Cohen and uh, Trisha Cook and that was a 90s throwback 
sex comedy uh, with a queer twist that had no laughs in it. It was just terrible. It was, oh, it was really no. a disappointment. That's it was, bad. yeah, we were so disappointed. We're like, oh, this should have been good. Yeah. Margaret Qualley has the worst Texas accent. She sounds like Sandy Squirrel from SpongeBob. <laughs> it is just, it's miserable. And so I was like, well, how about a, a, a queer 90s throwback sex comedy that, that is actually hilarious? And that's Bottoms, currently playing on Prime, Fubo, and MGM+. And speaking of... Uh, oh, um, very funny people. I'll pass this to Bill Mulligan. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's disappointing because that's it's a it's sort of it's a Cohen brother film, not a Cohen brothers. But there you go. But you know what? As bad as it was, it could not possibly be as bad or as entertaining as my next trip through the Canadian uh, wilds. Okay, mm-hmm. so sometimes you find a movie where you just. You just sit there and you're you're amazed. Like, did this fall out of a a dimensional portal? You know, a a, a jump point, and and you know it, it makes sense in some place. And I give you, and it's it's available on Fubo. Um, 1987's Rock and Roll Nightmare. O M G L O L. Um, so it stars. Um, John McKell Thor, who is, was a bodybuilder and a singer who also decided to make movies. And I saw him perform at a, at a horror convention. This guy had, he was huge. He was like Hulk Hogan worked out and be big, giant muscles. And he, and that's what he did while he sang. He sang not my favorite kind of music. It was some heavy metal hair stuff. I mean, his hair, his hair. Man is single-handedly <laughs> responsible for almost destroying the ozone layer. You cannot, I cannot emphasize just how big a poofy head of hair this guy had. And he'd be singing his songs. And while he was singing his songs, he would like take out a, I don't know, a horseshoe and bend it. I'm like, wow. You know, then throw it to the ground. We're like, oh, it was a fake horseshoe. We'd pick it up, try to bend it back in shape. Nope. Uh-uh. And uh, he, then the one that really got me, he, in the middle of a song, apropos of nothing, takes out a water bottle, a rubber water bottle, and blows into it until it bursts. Try that. Try that sometime. Oh, my God. Now, the music was terrible. And his acting, his acting is so bad. By the end of this movie, it crosses into brilliance. Uh, th- this is about a rock and roll, bunch of guys, rock and rollers who get in a van and they're driving around and stuff happens. People die. Um, it's, it's really pretty substandard. And then, and then we get to the last 15 minutes. And I just want to tell you, if I had to like take things on a desert island, I'd take a lot of classics, The Godfather, Spartacus, Eyes Without a Face. But there would be a space left for the last 15 minutes of rock and roll nightmare where suddenly I'm going to spoil the hell out of it. Cause really my advice to you is watch the last 15 minutes. You go, go on YouTube and just look up <laughs> ending of rock and roll nightmare. And I will save you a lot of trouble and you'll still get all the brilliance without any of the aggravation. Um, the, Thor's the last guy left last man standing. And these monsters there, these monsters are literally hand puppets, just they're hand puppets. <laughs> and, um, the big monsters there. He's like a giant hand puppet, like a marionette or something. I mean, he's he's fairly large, but really immobile. You can almost see the strings. And that's when John McHale, Thor, reveals that he is an archangel. And and he's about to have a battle with the devil himself. And you gotta watch it. You've you've gotta see it. You've gotta hear the dialogue, see the delivery. 
watch these awful special effects that I would be simultaneously ashamed and proud of if I had any relationship to this movie because they're, it's perfect. It is so rare do you see perfection distilled and crystallized. This is, this is everything that Canadian cinema is all about. The final battle in rock and roll nightmare. And, oh man, I, I just, I love his performance in this. Is it good? No, it's as far away from good <laughs> as possible, but it's perfect, perfect for this. And there's a kind of genius there, you know? If you're making a porn film and you're and you're doing like good King Lear, you're really not, you know, you haven't embraced the whole concept of this move of what you're doing. Well, he he totally embraced it. Oh my God, it's so good. But but the first few, the first bunch of the movie, ah, nobody cares. But you got to watch it. It's great. I ah, I just can't say enough. So yes, go on Fubu or whatever and um, and catch that. It's um, yeah. Rock and Roll Nightmare. It's on the Roku. Wait, no, it's on. It's free on the Roku channel. It ought to be on everything. I can't believe it's not on Tubi. This is like a movie that was made for Tubi. Like, I, you half expect mm. to see Tubi presents at the beginning. Like, we sent them $5,000 to make a movie, and this is what we got. Huh? And he's still out there. He's There's actually a documentary about him. He's still out there rocking. You know, I mean, he's, he's a lot older, as are we all. Probably not as easy to blow up hot water bottles. But I'm sure he gives it his try. But... Go catch this, and uh, I will send this to Renee. Well, thank you, thank you so much. So this recommendation is it's a it's a bit of a odd one. It's probably not something I will ever recommend again. Uh, something of this nature, but I think it's interesting. As as many of you are aware, back in October of 2021, there was an incident on the set of the movie Rust. And cinematographer uh, mm. Helena Hutchins unfortunately passed away. And right now, the trial for the armorer, her name is Hannah Gutierrez Reed, is going on right now. They're in about like I think the third or fourth day of the trial. It's it is just it's really interesting. That's the reason I'm recommending it. If people are interested in that situation and what happened, and if they uh, if it's something they want to watch, it is available on YouTube. You can watch the whole day of the trial. Uh, they are live streaming it every day. So you can you can start back and watch the whole darn thing. Uh, there are a lot of breaks and things like that, but it is a full like eight hours of courtroom stuff. So it is it's really interesting uh, on top of just, you know, the the legal the legalities of everything. There's discussions about, you know, production there's a lot of videos, there's a lot of photos, there's a lot of uh, discussion of, uh, like today, right now, there was a dolly grip that was testifying. And they even get into the details of, like, what, is, what are you holding? Well, it's like a clapboard. And like, what, is, what are you, what's the writing on it mean? And what, they get very detailed with even just the production components of a movie set. And that in itself is interesting. So, and even the way that people interacted on the set just from the conversations that they bring up during their testimony, it's all just very interesting. And so I feel like there may be a few people who are interested in that and watching it. And if you are, it is available on YouTube. And uh, yeah, you can search for uh, New Mexico versus, you can honestly could just search for New, Me New Mexico versus Hannah and it will just pop right up. Uh, but her full name is Hannah Gutierrez Reed. Alec Baldwin's trial is scheduled to start in the summer. Mm. So... 
just little stuff. And like today also they had some video they were showing from when they were blocking the scene from that actual day and things that happened that particular day on set and like the camera crew walked off because of safety issues like oh, that wow. very same day. Nope. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it was just a lot a lot of stuff. Um so yeah. <laughs> I apologize a little bit of a somber note to end things on, but yeah, it uh there you go. The Rust shooting trial on YouTube. So I think that's all we've got. Does anybody have anything they want to sing us out with? Well, I asked Chet GPT to write me uh, a song about Canadian horror movies <laughs> set to the, the theme of Oh Canada. And and then uh, while you guys were talking, I missed all your review because I was listening to Oh Canada so <laughs> I could do this right. And I realized that Chet GPT uh, w- was not up to the task. Uh, apparently, they're afraid of, you know, rights or, you know, copyright or something. So <sighs> they only they get the first line fine. But from that point on, I'm on my own. Mm. I mean... <laughs> You mean the, the copyright to O Canada? Yeah, I mean, which has got to be in the public domain at this point. Canada's been around for a long time. <laughs> but, you know, no, no, apparently, because I've listened to it and these lyrics do not go with that. You just, mm. just let me down. Like asking Google to give me a picture of a white person. They're just not up to the task of, of doing this. Apparently there's, they're probably afraid I'm going to mock them or something. And no, I really like Canadian horror movies. They just have a, a very distinctive <laughs> vibe to them. You know, it's like, I, I find it interesting. I mean, movies are movies, but low budget movies are very much like the culture that they come from. So like low budget British movies mm. are like stage plays. They, they, they really, they, they try to get the lighting right and razor sharp cinematography and everything. And low budget American movies, they're grainy and, and cheap looking, but that's why their horror movies work so well. Low budget American horror movies just have that. It's like, this is a documentary. This is actually happening quality that the British just don't really have. Um, and the Canadians are, boy, they got their own thing going. But I can't I can't sing this. So <clears throat> in the tradition of a, another fine Canadian singer, maybe Canada's best singer. Uh, no, not Celine Dion. William, Shat- <laughs> William Shatner. I will just do this as if it's spoken word. <clears throat> Perfect. Oh, Canada, land of maple leaf, where horror films can give you quite a fright from coast to coast. They churn them out with glee, but some are so bad, they keep us up at night. See, right away, Maple Leaf does not rhyme with glee. <laughs> nice try, ChatGPT. <laughs> just just really, really just letting me down on, on, on the spot here, you know? Oh, Canada, may your horror tales endure. Though they may not always thrill, they certainly have allure. For in the heart of every fright, Therein lies a dream. In the land of, oh, Canada, where horror reigns supreme. There you go. I cut out. I, kinda like, I, I do kind of like that last line. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, that was bad. Canada, where horror reigns supreme. Well, hey, Bill, it's, it's, that's a, actually a good segue because it, it almost sounds like you expected the AI to do something uh, yes. really well. And yes, it, it turned I out to be did. pretty shitty. Uh, that's mm-hmm. actually an interesting uh, that's that's an interesting point to make because uh, I, I think 
uh, I, I'll cut this out if we actually don't end up doing it. But uh, I, I think I think if you tune in uh, next week or maybe the week after, we're going to have a discussion about AI and how it pertains to films. Because uh, if you go on the interwebs and you look at uh, anything about anything related to AI, you will see uh, plenty of people who are insisting that uh, AI will replace real filmmakers in just a few years, including some uh, highly paid filmmakers themselves. So, uh, mm. hey, let's 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 have a discussion about that, and and we'll uh, we'll set the record straight. This is mostly going to be an excuse for me to just rant for a couple oh, of hours yeah. about all these idiots. But <laughs> right there with we'll, you, pal. We'll, we'll pretend it's going to be a, uh, a a discussion. After watching John Landis walk away. With without even without even a slap on the wrist, I have no confidence that any justice will ever be done. But oh, it's well. a, it was a mess. Like it was a yeah. mess. Like full on. Like they showed like a tray of bullets and like full oh, on live hey, ammo take your mixed pick. in with dummies. Wait, it was what? bad. Oh um, Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, it was bad. Like there was a, a belt, um, and there was literally live ammo in the belt mixed in with like what? dummy rounds. oh my god that's insane it was bad it was really Jesus bad Christ. Why, why did they even have live ammo in the beginning at all i mean well because they... no this place they were they're literally like the wild west out there they were fucking around and like shooting yeah. doing target practice and stuff in their free time like Look, I, 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 I'm, I'm not a i'm not a i'm not a filmmaker i don't know anything about filmmaking but yes, from my understanding, well, these people. <laughs> when <laughs> when when you're when you're making a movie that involves firearms, you basically draw a a twenty mile circle around the set, and you make sure that there is no live ammunition in that radius. Oh, you'd be surprised! Like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, oh, what, here, you'd be listen, surprised! I literally don't understand because no, I wouldn't be it, I wouldn't be surprised. Let's be clear. I I totally yeah, no, I yeah. totally expect that. Uh, there are plenty of yeah, idiots don't blow out there. Your mind. These yeah. guys can build a prop, any prop you want, but apparently making a gun that looks like a real gun but cannot under any circumstances fire an actual bullet is is just a bridge too far. You know, like, oh, now we, we had to use... a bullet. <laughs> yeah, why? Why? Even if it's uh, yeah. a dummy round, what's the, what's the purpose of having I mean, it in there? What what happened, like, to Brandon Lee was horrible. But it was it was a series of like, you know, we have these bullets that have a good they have a, a real front, but they don't have any powder in the back. And then we got the ones that have powder in the back, but they don't have a front. And mm-hmm. we accidentally stuck one in and then the other one in. We sort of magically remade a bullet. <laughs> OK, you're like, well, that's got to be a million to one shot. But this this just sounds like absolute anarchy. It was it was really seemed like chaos and honestly just from the videos that they showed even from when like police and everybody showed up on the scene it it makes you think of movies like like the Polonia brothers is probably like a very high end like secure <laughs> yeah. set they were just oh. running around like like they who nobody there's no oversight they're literally in the middle of the desert it was just crazy Money laundering, cough, cough. Yeah, I, I, I like. I, I get. I get why they use dummy rounds. I mean, you basically you have why? something that. Uh, well, I'm about to tell you. Hold on, Renee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it, it makes sense that you have something that people can react to, and I understand that. Like, pe- they they use dummy rounds, and like even if they're not using dummy rounds, they still. Uh, I think they they use something called uh, flashes or something like that, which is mm-hmm. uh, basically an electric. Uh, 
like uh, th- they especially use these in at, like if they're filming somewhere uh, and there are noise ordinances and they, they have like a, a, a flash on it that will basically something that you can cue off of or something that that will look uh, real. Um, but yeah, that's insane that they had live ammunition on set. That's just that's just insane. Like, look, you're talking about the the wild, like a low budget Wild West <clears throat> uh, type type situation. Like, I always think of the fact that, like, if you if you read Lloyd Kaufman's books, you you would think that the maker of uh, such films as Sergeant Kabuki Man and The Toxic <laughs> Avenger, like those things, those sets sound like very chaotic and. Uh, very unconstrained and he is constantly talking in his books i you know obviously i've never been on one of his sets so i can't tell you if he actually practices this but he is constantly talking in his books like no matter what your number one priority is always the safety of your cast and crew like that is the first thing you think about no matter what is going Mm -hmm. on so yeah it's that's that's insane yeah and then i will say it was kind of bad too because i think during interviews um Alec Baldwin was like, I never had my finger on the trigger. Cut to the videos they were showing today when they were doing blocking and everything. He literally had his finger on the trigger every single time they did it. It was like, ooh, I did it. So in a narrator, he had his finger on the trigger. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) Martin Freeman is standing right behind him. Oh, man. Wow, that's that's awful. That was like, there was also that one. I mean, there was the one with the people were actually filming on a train track. And then a train showed up in the morning. Yeah. And we're like, but they oh, sounded right, like yeah. a, they sound like a bunch of amateurs. They sounded like, you know, the people. It wasn't like a dude, them. like two, like a dude by himself or something kind of crazy. Yeah, it was, it was stupid, but, but I could see that happening with, you know, eh, we're just, we're guerrilla filmmakers. And it's like, well, but this <laughs> seemed like it was a real production with real people and, and they should know better, but no, I guess it was just one big party. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. Honestly, you know, you know it kind of made me think of like when they show movies being made in movies, yeah. like they definitely make it look much better than it is in real life. <laughs> like, yeah. no, there's no people with <laughs> clipboards and headsets and. Nope. And then you start thinking, I mean, I, I joke money laundering, but honestly, how is this ever supposed to make any money? This doesn't sound like something that's going to get released to theaters. Hardly anything gets released to theaters <sighs> anymore. It's, well, it's, it's, it's a genre like... that's. Go ahead. Go. Oh no, sorry. I, I was going to say it sounds like the problem was they weren't spending enough money on it because they couldn't hire a, a real armor or a real safety crew. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. But let's say they spent a hundred million dollars on them, which you know is pretty much any movie these days. Like, uh, from the people who brought you whatever, Alec Baldwin in a oh. rip roaring tale from the old west. Oh yeah, asses in seats, just standing room only. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where this money goes. Did you see the? Oh, I'm gonna just get off tangent here for a minute, but you know me. Uh, did you see what they're spending on Joker two? No. <laughs> oh God. No. Okay. So the Joker, the first movie, it was no. relatively low budget, sixty million dollars, and it made a billion. Even with Hollywood math, there's no way they can pretend that wasn't a big hit. That that mm. took them by surprise. They they made bufo profit. Because and, and it, wow, it's amazing because it's it's a superhero movie with no superheroes, no superheroics, no flashy special effects. It's an acting movie. It's a drama. Um, they decide to make a sequel because when your movie costs sixty million and makes a billion, oh yes, you get a sequel. You could blow up the planet, and they're going to have you know, Escape from the Joker will be the next movie. He's he's alive again. They're all alive. <laughs> 
Um, they they got Lady Gaga to play Harley Quinn. All right, she's uh, twice the age she needs to be. But you know what? That that's good stunt casting. It'll work. It will actually bring people in. They are spending two hundred million dollars on this movie. Two hundred million dollars. I'm assuming they're not going to suddenly turn this into. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 4 or anything. We're not going to have spaceships and armadas and big fancy things. It's still going to be set in New York and it's going to be realistic violence, not over-the-top cartoon violence. $200 million? It, it's also a musical. So it's a $200 yeah. million dollar musical. Stop. No, it's not. Are you <laughs> it no, is! Yeah, yeah, it is. That's why it's they cast musical. Lady Gaga. It. Yes, it yeah. is. It no. is. So. Okay, okay. I, I, have, I have two things. First of all, I just looked it up. Rust had a uh, the always dependable IMDb says that Rust had a budget of seven million dollars, so not a whole lot yeah. uh, that easily you know probably could have yeah. made some money on streaming. Also, I just had a flashback. Bill, do you remember uh, many many years ago when we were filming a uh, found foot? We were shooting some found footage zombie stuff in a yeah. uh, a cornfield. A cornfield, and yes, we, of course. We we had a bunch of we had a bunch of uh, airsoft guns that we were using for, for uh-huh. people that were shooting at zombies. And I actually, I just, I just, I don't know why I just remember this, but uh, speaking of safety, like. I remember someone had brought like some actual. Uh, he had like an actual revolver, and he was like, "I'm gonna, ha- I want to have this. I want to have this on my like, you know, I'm not gonna, I won't, I won't shoot it or point it at anything." And I was like, "No, you cannot have a real gun on set. You have yeah. to take that and put it somewhere. Yeah, you cannot have a real oh gun God. on set." Yeah, and and I'm just thinking, maybe maybe I should be uh, a, a a safety supervisor on these movies because apparently yeah. I have e- even more even more. Uh, common sense than people who are actually hired to uh, keep people alive on these movies yeah but but you also got to take into account that when you go up to alec baldwin and say hey alec i think you need to not put your finger on the trigger he's gonna he's gonna tell you to fuck off in so many different variations <laughs> of the term well there, there's i i'm look look i i won't even get into the whole alec baldwin thing whoever was responsible for mm-hmm. making sure that there was not live ammunition on the set like whoever that person is, which I think is the person that that is on trial here, right, Renee? Is yeah. The, the armor, yeah. the safety supervisor. Yeah. Like, I I just it, it boggles my mind that that person, <coughs> excuse me, was not like, hey, don't put your finger on the trigger, but if you do, at least there aren't real bullets in the gun because I checked it. You know, she know. was too busy well. trying to remember: did the real bullets go on the left side of the cookie <laughs> tray or on the right side of the cookie tray? And what happens if oh you trip God. and they all start mixing together? <laughs> oh, God. oh God! It's actually funny you mentioned that because that's one of the things they brought up today. Oh no! Because she's only she was only twenty four when it happened, and um, they were like, "Oh, she was," and it was really very frustrating because they were like, "Oh, she was just twenty four year old girl and." All these grown men. Did you think she was supposed to stand up? I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like her dad apparently job. is like a famous armor. Ah, uh, nepo uh, baby. Which, uh, exactly, nepo armor, which is exactly what you want. Um, <laughs> you listen. You know, oh. I, I, uh, this whole nepo baby thing makes me angry. It's like, listen, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, I. So Jamie Lee Curtis had famous movie star parents and she became a movie star. <laughs> Duh. You know, she's got good genes and she had connections. Why the hell would you not cast the daughter of famous movie stars in your movie? 
You know, you're going to you're going to get some barista at Starbucks because they're probably just as good, but they're not bringing anything to the, you know, nothing to the game. Um, that's fine. But OK, the person who makes sure that the real bullets and the fake bullets, I want them. That's got to be a total meritocracy. One hundred percent. Like they have to pass a test or something. They got to do SAT scores. There's got there's got to be a reason why we <laughs> hire this person to make sure, you know, but no. No, and, and then they, they probably get, and I keep going back to the Twilight Zone thing. There are a few things that make me as angry as reading that. And I every time they come up with a new account, I read it just to get angry again. I don't know why. Right. It's just, it's so, it was so unnecessary, so stupid. And nobody, none of the right people got called on account. Sorry, I brought down the. No, 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 it's good. It's good. <laughs> Man. Hey, did you know Mark Singer was in V? <clears throat> what? <laughs> what? Canadian superstar Mark Singer, star of Beastmaster, <laughs> was did in you know, V. Did you know that the tiger in uh, Beastmaster died shortly after <laughs> filming, and they think it might have been the dye? No. Really? Yeah. That he kept what? trying to lick the dye off. Yeah, yeah, because they they wanted <gasps> no. a black they wanted a black panther, and. Apparently, panthers don't train very well. <laughs> Apparently, neither do tigers either. But they figured they could get a trained tiger and paint him black. Aww. And yeah. Way to bring like... us down again, Bill. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Man. Yeah. They should be on trial. <laughs> well, I didn't want I didn't want Renee to feel bad. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. You outdowned my down. Okay, here's, here's my favorite uh, nitpicking imdb trivia of all time for beastmaster mm. 2 through the portal of time the the first piece of trivia is the subtitle of the film is through the portal of time but the plot doesn't involve travel through a time portal the characters <laughs> travel through a portal to a parallel universe where the 1991 earth exists wow oh actually <laughs> oh, this is Space the kid time buddy this is the kid who got kicked out of the star trek fan club for being too much of a loser too pedantic yeah Oh, here, here's here's another here's another. Uh, this is related to what you were just talking about, Bill. Uh, it, it, it's never explained by why Rue the tiger was changed from a black tiger in the previous film to a striped tiger in this one. I bet oh. it's because they wanted their tiger to live through the filming of the movie. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! Oh, Christ. wow! Yeah. Oh. The, the nerd speaks darkness, but truth. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> I, I added that last part. That last part. Oh, oh, okay. oh, oh, that, okay. Oh. That, yeah, sorry. That was my editorial. It's oh. like it's never explained. Huh, I wonder. Should sick this was guy it? on me, so he's like, hey, you know, blood of the mummy. The mummy doesn't actually bleed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right there. Oh, here's uh, this. I'm sorry. I, I just love IODB trivia now because it's like uh, pe- yeah. people just the most in- inane bullshit. Here's another piece from the same movie. When Dar is riding through L.A. in the convertible, they pass the Pant- Pantages movie theater, which is showing Beastmaster through, 2 through the portal of time. That is the name of this movie. Ah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's Losers. Oh. Wow. Anyways, 